Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello everyone, you're listening to America Meditating Radio. We collect wisdom, inspire each other, and empower hearts on demand 24-7. I'm Sister Jenna, host of the syndicated America Meditating Radio. Join us as we talk one-on-one with leading experts who answer life's most compelling questions. Because in a world of uncertainty, we need answers right here, right now. America Meditating Radio, a show for everyone to learn more about this amazing thing called life. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the next normal in collaboration with America Meditating Radio. Appreciate it just showing up with you as much as I can because I I love learning from your energy, your vibrations, the questions that you ask. But more than anything else, I love learning from the amazing guests that we have on air. Today I have a returning guest, someone that I feel very affectionately close to, just because he's young and he's cute. (laughs) But Kurt Blackson has really become a beloved inspirational speaker and a transformational teacher and author of the national best-selling book, You Are the One and his new release, The Magic of Surrender, finding the courage to let go. Kurt speaks at countless events around the world, as well as at outside events, including AFEST, the Young President's Organization, and the Entrepreneur's Organization. He's a member of the Transformational Leadership Council, a select group of 100 of the world's foremost authorities in the personal development industry. Winner of the 2019 Unity New Thought Walden Award, Kurt is widely considered a next-generation leader in the field of personal development. He's been featured on Larry King, Now, Fox and Friends, Dr. Drew, to name a few, Inc. Magazine. Well, you get an idea, right? So let's give a warm welcome to Kurt Blackstone. Welcome. So glad to have you back. Great to be here. Thanks for having me. You've been traveling around a lot. Last time we spoke, I was in Miami, Florida, trying to have a vacation, ended up having the worst time, and you were on your way to Mexico. What have you been up to going to Mexico so often? Mexico is a beautiful place, full of energy, full of openness. I would say that on some level, at least from the U.S. side, Mexico has gotten a very bad PR rap, but it's nothing really like the perception of what people perceive from the American side of what Mexico is. It's, I think, one of the most underrated countries in the world, full of tradition, 
culture, richness, cuisine. And I think the people are some of the most genuine, real, authentic, open-hearted souls you'll ever meet that will welcome you with such abundance and such generosity. And so the gift of Mexico is the warmth of the people, the sincerity and genuineness of the people. It has tremendous culture. You know, the first time I went to Mexico, I went to some of the pyramids and I thought, wow, we just hear about the pyramids and the spirituality of Egypt. But right in my backyard, a few hours away, you've got pyramids, you have ruins, you have so much incredible history and ancient Mayan technology and spirituality that it's mind-boggling in such a diverse culture. So I love spending time in Tulum, which is why I have a place there and do events there. I love it. It's a beautiful place. Thank you for sharing that in Mexico, because we do hear very negative things that become a PR campaign to somehow try to push people or a culture or a country back. But maybe it's because the country has so much yeah. and it's a threat to another. Yeah. So it's a great insight that you've just shared. So what are some of the events that you're doing over there? I do some events for some of my higher level clients. and I build an event space there. They come. We dive deep seven days, deepening in spirituality, meditation. Really, what I do is I uncoach people, unprogram people, uncondition people from the patterns of conditioning that we have developed over the years, quite often from childhood that we're not aware of. Really, the essence of my work that I do in Mexico and Bali and India, wherever, in weekend seminars, in ballroom, hotel rooms in Los Angeles, it doesn't really matter where it is. It's really about helping people peel away the layers of conditioning that we have built up over time, most of which we are unconscious of, and through an experiential, deep transformational process that help people reconnect to their true essence and live from that place, share from that place, love from that place, create from that place as they get in touch with more of their true authentic selves. I think we can then align with more of our true purpose. I do some of that work in Mexico, but also all over. I love taking people into different environments, whether it's Mexico, whether it's India, whether it's Bali, whether it's Costa Rica, whether it's Egypt. In so many ways, as human beings, we get comfortable doing the same thing. We get habituated in our comfort zone, in our zone of familiarity, my home, my cup of tea, my television, my bedroom, my socks, my daily routine. So often those routines, which are great in many ways, but those routines if left unchecked, can begin to condition us into a limiting identity. And so I think when we put ourselves in unfamiliar environments, in different countries where we don't know anyone, where we don't know what's going on, where we can't speak the language, where we're not familiar with the customs, then it starts to loosen some of the grip of our sort of identity conditioning of who we think we are, who we know ourselves to be, when we're forced to mix up our routines in those places that we hold on to for a sense of meanness, a sense of identification. And so I really love to use travel as a way to shake people free and loosen their own sense of self-identification so that they can really find out, okay, who am I really? These belief mm-hmm. systems that I've developed living where I'm living and going where I'm going and from the culture I grew up. Am I my beliefs? Am I my thoughts? Am I my ideas? Am I all the routines I have? When those are gone and those get questioned, who am I really? And so that's really the essence of my work. You could say getting to ask people the question, who am I truly beyond those identities? 
I've got a program that I'm offering at the Shift the Network, and the whole program is about that, answering Amazing. that big question. Let's look at the clients. How do you actually acquire your clients? You've been on so many large platforms and very meaningful <laughs> gatherings of people who might have heard you or seen you or just trust you. How do actually the clients come to you and sign up with you? Is there a particular way or format? On a spiritual level, I believe that for me, what I do is a calling. Just to give you a sense, when I was a kid, born in Ghana, West Africa, my father's from Ghana, my mother's Japanese, I grew up in London, my father's a minister and a healer. I grew up seeing blind people see and deaf people hear, and my father would put his hands on a person in a wheelchair and say, stand up. My father was a miracle worker, and we grew up behind my father's church. Didn't have a lot of money, but I had big dreams. The dreams were I wanted to impact and inspire people to do, in a sense, what I'm doing now. And I would sneak into my father's church in the middle of the night with the lights off, no one around, no social media. And in the darkness, I would speak and give seminars to the empty chairs, imagining I was in ballrooms, imagining I was on platforms, imagining I was in stadiums, imagining I was giving seminars to hundreds, if not thousands of people. And so for me, I really believe spiritually that I have a soul agreement with people around the world. I believe that my clients find me based on that spiritual connection, first and foremost. So where I start as a foundation is a deep prayer. And my prayer to God, the universe, whatever someone believes, is number one, use me for the highest good. Use me to impact the souls that I'm meant to impact. And my prayer has always been for many years, God, bring me the clients that I am divinely appointed to reach and touch, that I have a soul connection with, that I have karma with, that I have that soul agreement with, that I may serve them. And so for me, it starts with that internal energetic opening. I believe that intention actually draws people to me. Now, where I started off was one-on-one. My clients grew from working one-on-one and truly grew from the foundation of serving and transforming one life at a time 18 years ago. I think when I transformed one life, they shared it with another person. And it just started to spread that way. But from there, you could say, how did my clients on a bigger level start to find me? I began to make videos. And for me, it was never about how can I make money? How can I be famous? How can I be successful? It was always about how can I serve? How can I inspire people? How can I truly add value to people's lives? How can I inspire people's evolutionary process? How can I be of service? So I began to make a lot of videos when I first started and put out content for free. It wasn't about being paid. It was just about adding as much value to people out there as possible. And so when I started to do that, people got value. The relationship started to get built with my audience. I see a lot of people now that have come into self-help and spirituality that it's really all about marketing. It's not truly about service. And there's a constant sense of selling people all the time. For me in the beginning, I just wanted to help people. And so I put out so much information out there that I think added a tremendous amount of value. And as a result, developed a real authentic relationship where people started to trust me and began to feel that this guy really cares. This guy really means it. And for me, it was sincere. And as a result, with time, began to develop a relationship with my audience online and that expanded. And then when it came time to start doing events, they came and it just evolved from there. For me, the key is if someone is seeking to build an audience, really seek to add value, seek to truly serve, seek to really meet the need and come from the consciousness and intent.
intentionality to be of service. That's a foundation. I love that coming from the intention of being of service, but also yeah. something that you said, which is very powerful, is that you knew the call was there. Yes. And I think a yes. lot of us are getting the call, but we're so busy, we don't really get to answer it as much, Kut, and I'm glad that you have answered your call. With the global pandemic kind of waning down, it has taken a toll on the world because people had to become uncomfortable in order to make some changes. So a lot has happened. Folks are really witnessing a great deal of questioning the economy, the future. What are your thoughts about what all of this actually means to us individually and collectively? I think as we've gone through this time in the last year, we have been all collectively thrown into a global meditation, a global healing process. And I think many times in the individual healing process, the psychological, therapeutic, mental, spiritual process, part of the healing is not always pretty. It is all of those dimensions and aspects of ourselves that we have suppressed, that we have denied, that we have run from, that we're not even conscious of, has to come to light, has to come to conscious awareness to be looked at, to be embraced, to be loved, to be healed, to be released in order for us to truly elevate our consciousness and truly rise into the highest potential of what we really are. And so I feel as though on a spiritual level that we are in a very profound process of purification where we've been forced in the last year to become still. We've been forced to face ourselves. And as a result of that, as challenging as it is, as uncomfortable as it is, we've been forced to get off of our TikTok routine and feel more deeply inside and question, who am I? What am I? What am I doing with my life? And is what I'm doing real? Is what I'm doing authentic? As a result, we've been forced to let go of what's no longer aligned, no longer real, whether it's a job, whether it's a relationship, whether it's where we live. And I think as a result, we've been forced to increasingly face ourselves and tell ourselves the truth. And I think that's a very challenging thing for us as human beings, but it takes a tremendous amount of courage. I think one of the things that as human beings keeps us stuck, keeps us from evolving, from transforming, from truly fulfilling our potential, from being truly fulfilled, happy, joyful, and alive are all the ways we lie to ourselves, all the ways we rationalize and BS as we stay yeah. in relationships. It's not a line, but we stay because it's comfortable. We stay because we're afraid. We stay because there's a sense of security. We stay in jobs and a career that we know is not the reason and the purpose for why we were put on this planet in our lifetime. But we stay because someone expects us to. And so I think this time, even though it is challenging, sometimes in the moment when things fall apart, from the ego's perspective, it can seem like the worst thing. From the ego's perspective, we may not always understand why things are happening in a particular moment. I tend to believe that the universe is always in a process of evolution. The universe is always working for our highest good, even if we can't see it right now. And so I really feel as though this last year is an invitation for us to unplug from all those places we have held onto for a sense of false freedom, false safety, false ego, false sense of self, false identification. We've been forced to really go inside more connect more, get real even more, and find out what is real. What's the truth of 
what I believe, of who I am, of what I want, of what my life is about. And I think it's a process, if we're willing to embrace it, even though it's challenging, if we're willing to surrender, the reality is whether we surrender or not, we're in it, it's happening. So it's really about how we participate in it. I think if we surrender to it and in it, we are being called into a deeper sense of alignment. Yeah, I agree. Well, it couldn't be a better time for the book to be coming out. I mean, it's been out for a while and it's doing well, The Magic of Surrender. You talked about surrender and it's funny because I found that even when I use or apply the energy of surrender, it's so empowering, so liberating that I question myself, why don't you just do this sooner? What is it that holds us back from the surrender? Is it the attachment? Is it the fear? And when we actually do surrender, tell us a little bit about what are some of the gifts that comes with our surrender? I think there is attachment, there is fear, there is comfort, there is ego. In many ways, we get so identified to who we think we are, to the life we think we have, which ties into our sense of self. We get so identified to familiarity and safety that to surrender or to let go can be incredibly scary and threatening because if I let go of this relationship, if I let go of this job, if I let go of fill in the blank, then who will I be? And it's going to be the unknown. This sense of me that I thought I was tied up into that is going to die. In a sense, it can feel like death to the sense of identification, the sense of self, the sense of ego. In that sense, it's scary, and it can be difficult. But on the other sense, I actually feel that surrender in the purest sense is really the easiest thing. It's, in fact, harder to hold on. The thing is, we've just been conditioned to hold on, started to feel like normal. I want people to really reframe and understand. It's actually easier to surrender. It's the most natural thing to let go. But we've gotten so conditioned out of fear, out of survival, out of getting approval, out of validation, out of parents, out of protecting ourselves to hold on in a sense of control. And I think control is the master addiction. And so when people just get, oh, surrender is actually hardwired into our physiology. We are in a process of surrender, whether it's you, whether it's me, whether it's, you know, El Chapo, the drug dealer, whether it's Mother Teresa. Every human being is in a process of surrender. It's just how we participate in that. Surrender is hardwired into our physiology. I feel it's the divine's way of reminding us surrender is what's happening in every moment because every breath is a surrender. It's harder to hold on. I think when we can reframe our idea of surrender, a misconception that surrender is weak, that surrender is passive, that surrender means you're going to be taken advantage of, that surrender means you won't manifest your goals, your dreams, your desires, that you're going to be a doormat if you surrender. I'm actually saying, if you surrender, what if you didn't get less, but you actually got more, more more than you could imagine, more than you could dream, more than you could visualize, more than you could write on your poster board or your vision board or your journal. And so to surrender, just to break it down for people, is to let go of control or the idea of control that we think we have that we realized last year we really didn't have as much as we thought to surrender is to stop trying to force and shall we say manipulate life to fit into our limited idea based on our identity our ego of how we think 
life should be. To surrender is to let go of who we think we should be and to let go of the idea of the life that we think we should be living so that we can open to the life that is seeking to happen. It's a shift in paradigm from asking yourself the question, what do I want? And a shift asking oneself the question, what is it that life is seeking to express through me? What is it that the universe is seeking to manifest and create through me, the deepest impulse of life? And when you look at what happens, when you let go of what's not aligned, when you let go of what's no longer a vibrational match, you create the space for life to truly meet you. I think many times when we surrender, what often shows up is more than we can imagine. That's the magic. That's the beauty. That's the blessing. And because when we surrender, we're no longer limited to the construct of our mind. We're now truly open to life, not limited to the past, the conditioning, to a personality, to ego. Life is infinite. Life is unlimited. Let me ask you for a pause right now, because you have just served us with a lot to percolate on. And you did it in a smorgasbord format. Like, I don't know which one to take or which one to eat. Because these are really important things. It's something that you said, so much easier to surrender than to hold on to so much. How many of us are walking around suffocating? We look like everything is doing well, but we're holding on to little things. When the universe or God are just saying, you know what? Why don't you just get out of your own way and let me show you your capacity? Give us one thing that we can practice that can help us to get out of our way of mastering at least an element of surrender. I'm going to say two things, a little bonus. The first thing where we can all begin on a practical level is beginning to look at the lies that we're telling ourselves and begin by radically telling yourself the truth. Simple questions. What lies am I telling myself? What am I pretending to not know? What is it costing me? And allow oneself to feel the pain of the misalignment, to feel the pain of the holding on. When we hold on to what's not aligned, it's meant to be painful. That pain isn't bad. The mistake we make is when we feel the pain, we distract ourselves. We drink it away, we sex it away, we social media it away, we eat it away, so we don't have to feel the pain, which just perpetuates our stuckness. When we allow ourselves to realize that the pain that we feel is simply a signal, it's a messenger that something is not resonating, something is not aligned, it gives us the opportunity to feel the pain and use the pain as a gift and as a messenger to look more deeply inside. And so what lies am I telling myself? That's one thing. To me, the truth will begin to set you free. The other key, I would say, that's really an important piece of surrender. And surrender, I would say, is an open-hearted participation with life that's happening. The open-hearted participation with the process of life that is unfolding in the moment. Surrender is a letting go. Surrender is a death. Last year, many of us had dreams and visions of things we wanted to have happen that didn't happen. Intentions that weren't fulfilled. We had to let go of certain things. To truly move into surrender requires what I will call grieving. Many times, the key element that we miss is we don't fully allow ourselves to grieve. The dreams that could have been, 
to grieve the phase or part of ourselves that we are releasing, to grieve the end of a relationship. Grieving is the portal to true surrender. See, all feelings remain present till fully felt. And every feeling has its own natural cycle. And when we don't grieve, we prevent our ability to fully let go and surrender because we're still holding on to the old. We often don't grieve because we're afraid that it will last forever. We're afraid that it will be overwhelming. I see many people do a spiritual bypass of, well, everything is God, everything is light. I want to stay in high vibration. I'm not going to grieve because it's not a high vibration, but we don't realize that when we suppress the pain or the grief energy, we just carry that with us, keep ourselves stuck, and we create situations in our life. So a really powerful way to move into surrender is to grieve and let that go. Grief has a cycle. Grief happens in stages. Grief happens in layers. And then we can truly begin to embrace the new. That's a portal yeah. and a nudge into surrender. The last time we met and we spoke briefly, you were ending a relationship that was really valuable to you. Was grieving a part of the process? For sure. Grieving was a huge part of that process. I think many times we're afraid of the grief because we feel we're weak, we're afraid it's not spiritual, we're afraid it's going to last forever, but all feelings remain present till fully felt. So when I ended a relationship, and any relationship I've ended, to be honest, I have forced myself to sit, to not distract, to not run away, to feel and face the feelings of grief that are coming up, not judge them as good or bad. One of the ways that people might be wondering, well, how do I feel? Many times we think we're feeling, but we're telling ourselves a story about what's happening. Many times we think we're feeling, but we're thinking about the feeling, not truly feeling. So how do you truly feel grief or whatever the feeling might be? I would just guide people and say, take the label off of the feeling, take the judgments off of the feeling, and simply experience and feel the sensation and the energy of the feeling in your body and allow that to move through. Every feeling has a cycle. And so when my relationship ended, I felt it fully. And the grief, it doesn't just disappear overnight. There's one layer of grief and then another layer of grief. But with time, the layers peel away. When my mother died, which was partly the inspiration for my book too. Sister Jenna, my heart broke open in a way I cannot explain with the depth of grief that I had never felt before. I allowed myself to feel the grief. And here's what I found. My heart broke open, tears, emotion, grieving. But I saw that the shape of my heart's current capacity to feel and love broke open. It wasn't broken. It was broken open, and there was a bigger capacity to love even more. And it's through the process of feeling the grief or the pain, knowing that you're not the pain and knowing that you're not the grief so you don't have to get lost in it, it's through the process of feeling it and allowing that layer to dissolve and realizing that you can't be broken, that you find a deeper strength inside of yourself beyond or more than resisting the grief. I think one of the quickest ways through something is to feel it. And one of the reasons people stay stuck, can't let something go, is because we don't feel it. One of the reasons that people don't want to feel the grief also is this. 
there's an unconscious part of us that, that feels like, well, if I don't fully grieve it and let it go, then I can always hold on to the idea of that person. Then I don't have to acknowledge that they've really died. I don't have to acknowledge that they're really gone, that the relationship is really over. So when I don't feel it, that's kind of how we keep ourselves stuck. Don't you think also that there's a recording in the soul where the soul feels a sense of completion or interior perfection where it feeds more the innate qualities of its existence. It's subconscious could. It's like, I know that we don't last forever. I know my loved one maybe won't last forever with me, whether it's by lieu of death or by just conscious departure. There's a struggle that happens inside, like, you know, nothing lasts forever. And so there's an element of wisdom that wants to come up at the same time when you're grieving and going, God, I'll miss them. Oh, I'm so hurt with what they did. So then you've got the energy of attachment that's mixing in this sort of a dualistic thinking. One is I'm wise enough. Okay. End of this relationship. Okay, I have to say goodbye to my mother. Or there's a part of you that says, you know, but I'm strong enough. These are the things that happen. Or you get so caught up in it that you really don't know how to let go. Isn't the opportunity here to get to a place where we're authentic, to find a good balance with the inner and the outer, with the grieving and the celebration? And if that is so, do you know what that one step can be to get to that balance. The danger I see that people can do a spiritual bypass. I know that we're all one. I know that they're not really gone. We don't allow ourselves to feel the human level emotions that are moving through. And so we have this great spiritual awareness. When we kind of come out of that elevated state of understanding, the human is what sort of brings us back down to earth and we stay stuck in it. So I think One of the ways through is to allow yourself to consciously, with awareness, let go, but feel the sensations and allow them to move through. It's really about truly feeling the sensations in your body and allowing them to move through without story. If I were to really direct people, take the label off of the feeling. Don't label it as good or bad, happy or sad, because many times we have associations with Ah, sad is bad. That's not spiritual. Mm-hmm. Only happy is spiritual. Take the label off. Experience the feeling as a sensation in your body with conscious awareness and notice what happens. You will start to find that when you can be with the sensation, it begins to move through. It begins to dissolve. The layers of grieving in this scenario will not last forever. So your ability to just take the label off, experience it through the body as a sensation, and allow it to move through is part of what allows it to dissolve. And then as that energy dissolves, you naturally vibrate into a a more coherent alignment, not because you're doing some technique to make yourself be okay and have the understanding, but because you've released the old energy that is perhaps blocking or preventing the innate realization. And like you know, and you believe truth is innate in every soul. And that's, automatically has that wisdom that's recorded inside of us. I hate that we're coming to a close to our wonderful time together. Is there Uh, anything that you've got coming up, any events or programs or? The best thing, I would just invite people to check out my website, 
just my name, PeteBlackson.com. And there's a ton of videos they can get for free and be inspired there. The book, The Magic of Surrender, just check it out. There's lots of content I provide online to serve people. No live events coming up now, but definitely in 2022, we'll be doing more stuff. You're just amazing. Really love your energy and the way the universe has presented you to the world where just your own life experiences is becoming the message and the teachings. And there's nothing more authentic than that. So thank you so much. All right, folks, I'm sure you've loved my time with Kut. If you'd like some more information, do check him out. He's left us with a lot of tools that's going to help us. No matter what you're going through, you're going to find something from our conversation today. So remember, nobody has the capacity to take away your happiness unless you give them permission. And I suspect that if you really look deep enough, we're actually here to love each other the same. Take good care, be well, and just be nice. Thank you for joining us. I'm Sister Jenna. You've been listening to America Meditating Podcast. You can follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Did you enjoy that conversation? Because you can also listen to it on Spotify or on iTunes, 24-7, anytime, anywhere. I do trust we all have inner power to become our very best. When we listen with curiosity to learn more, we grow. So thanks so much for tuning in, and do be easy on yourself. Take care. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.